Three months ago, middle of February, the Pacific Ocean, the tropical Pacific in particular, the tropical Pacific was in a prolonged La Nina. The surface waters of the tropical Pacific were unusually cool. Two months ago, early March, the long La Nina was gone. The surface waters of the tropical Pacific had warmed back up to average. Three weeks ago, early April, NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA hoisted an El Nino watch, a heads-up that the tropical Pacific could soon slide into El Nino. Some said this could be a strong one, perhaps the strongest El Nino we've ever seen. But then again, it was just possible that this year would see no El Nino at all. Here in California, our weather blows in from the west, Storms blow in on the prevailing westerlies, winds blowing across the Pacific from the west, Asia to the Americas. Closer to the equator, in the tropics, the winds blow from the east, from the Americas toward Asia. These are the trade winds, and the trade winds push not just air. The trade winds push the waters. The trades push sun-warmed tropical ocean water toward Asia. With the winds pushing warm surface water toward Asia, cold water rises up from below, making surface temperatures in parts of the tropical Pacific surprisingly cool. From time to time, for reasons not well understood, the tropical winds falter. They no longer push the surface waters from the Americas to Asia, and the surface of the tropical Pacific becomes warm. A warm tropical Pacific, that is El Nino. The warm El Nino water warms the air. Warm air rises. Warm, moist air rising forms clouds and brews storms. This is all happening in the tropics, but it affects, it connects with weather all over the globe. If the flap of a butterfly's wings in Brazil might affect the weather in Texas, we should expect these tropical thunderstorms to affect the weather outside the tropics. And they do. They are connected across a distance. These distant connections are teleconnections. I got in touch with Dr. David DeWitt, director of the Climate Prediction Center, and asked him, should El Nino materialize in the tropical Pacific might we expect a good amount of precipitation next year? You mean for California? Yes. Yeah, assuming we have El Nino conditions, El Nino tends to favor above normal precipitation for most of California. And, you know, the part that you might not have above normal is going to, of course, depend upon where the response of the jet is. Northern California, you might or might not get a stronger response. But again, it varies. That's the other important point, that it varies every event. So assuming we have El Nino conditions this winter, it would tend to favor or lead to an enhanced probability of above normal precipitation for California. At the same time, drier, less precipitation for the Pacific Northwest. That's correct. And then in between there's kind of going to be a gradient, right? might be Northern California is a little bit below normal. But again, these are all probabilities. There's no 100% certainty associated with these things. I'm calling you from foothills of the Sierra, very slightly a degree or so farther north than the Bay Area. 
my impression has been that we are right on the boundary line where we might go with Pacific Northwest or we might go with California farther south. Yeah, no, yeah, you're you're pretty close to what we would call the the line, you know, where impacts are going to be one way or the other. It's, you know, one time we would always talk about a canonical event, right? A typical event. Well, what, one of the things we've learned in the last 30 years is that there are different kinds of events. And so to just talk about a typical event, sometimes it'll be typical and sometimes not. That's the bottom line there. It's not not just one size fits all. We just had a La Nina winter where we got lots of rain here in California. You sure did. And you can look back in the 2016, 2017 was also a La Nina. And you had, again, a large number of atmospheric rivers, well above normal precipitation uh, in California. And then 2015-16 was an El Nino, record strength El Nino. Part of California got above normal precip and part of it got below normal. The thing about California precipitation is that, and there are different ways to assess this, but El Nino or La Nina only explains somewhere on the order of 15 to 25 percent of winter precipitation variability in California. In both the case of 2016-2017 La Nina and this past winter La Nina, an active Madden-Julian oscillation led to a large number of atmospheric rivers that overwhelmed the impact from the La Nina. The Madden-Julian oscillation, another seesaw that combined with El Nino, La Nina, gives us our weather. We'll deal with the Madden-Julian oscillation very soon in another program. But meanwhile, how do those teleconnections connect? There's a tropical impact, and then there's a remote impact, or what we would call teleconnections. Teleconnection, connection at a distance. Yep. Tropical convection, thunderstorms, is going to force large-scale waves that propagate from the tropics into the mid-latitudes, and those waves will have high-pressure, low-pressure areas that will influence the jet stream. Is the jet stream extended towards the California coast, or is it retracted back towards the Central Pacific? And it's the jet stream that steers many of our winter storms. So now we wait, maybe just a few months, to see if El Nino really kicks in. I've been speaking with Dr. David DeWitt, director of NOAA's Climate Prediction Center. For KVMR, I'm Al Stoller.